stories of an unschooling family with Sue Elvis. Hi, welcome to my podcast. Today I am joined by my daughter Imogen. Now, Imogen is 19, almost 20, and we thought we would talk about is unschooling a lazy way of life? And in particular, um, are unschooling mothers lazy? Have they just chosen the easiest way to homeschool their children? And along the way, I think we'll be talking about record keeping, strewing, and other things I am sure will come to mind as we're talking. Now, if you do a search on the internet, it won't take you very long to find uh, lots of articles uh, on the topic of laziness and unschooling. There are a lot of people out there who do believe that unschoolers are very lazy. It's an easy way of life for the mother. She doesn't have to do an awful lot of work preparing the homeschooling for her children. And she, the children are allowed to do whatever they want, which might not be much at all. Perhaps we could uh, start off by talking about mothers and their role in unschooling. All right, I was reading today about uh, an article which said that mothers that unschool are very uninvolved in their children's lives. What would you say about that, Imogen? Do you think that I'm an uninvolved mother? I don't think I know of many mothers who are as involved as you are. So what do I do in a day, do you think, with unschooling? Everything, all learning gets um, encouraged by you. You share in everything that is done, not only in learning but in the rest of the of life as well. So, so doing things with um, children, uh, I think it's very important that mothers stay connected with their children. Uh, they know what they're involved with, what they're doing, what their interests are, and actually learn with them. Do you think so? I think that's very important. Uh, to be a good example of learning for children? Do you think that if I said to you all, um, go off and learn something, that I'd have much success with that? I don't think so. I think this maybe, oh, obviously, with your older ones, you, you're you used to learning by yourselves and you'll be quite happy to go off and spend a day learning, wouldn't you? I don't have to say to Charlotte, go off and learn something. She already knows that she's going to go off and learn something. It's silly words to say. But with, with younger children, I think that it is important that a mother is there to guide and encourage and to make the conditions favourable for learning. What do you think about that? I think so. I mean, older children have had more time to work out and get used to directing their own learning. But for younger children, it's very difficult to find the first direction you want to go in. You really need to have someone there to sort of point you in the right direction, help you find something that would be interesting to do that you would feel interested in. And that's sort of, that's the mother's role there. Well, I guess that the world is such a fascinating place and there's so many things that we can do. Um, there's absolutely too much choice really isn't there go and do something learn about something but what what am I going to learn what am I interested in where do you start I think it yes it's a mother's uh, role to um yeah to, to share the learning of their younger children especially uh encourage them point them in the right direction uh, of course in a 
with the case of Sophie and Gemma Rose, Sophie is 13 and Gemma Rose is 10, they actually want me to get involved in their learning. They enjoy me reading to them. They like watching DVDs with me so that we can discuss them afterwards. They like sharing learning with me. It's uh, a good thing to do together. Not that they need me to uh, sit there and watch a DVD with them or they could easily read the books themselves. But they want to spend time with me and it is fun, very enjoyable sharing learning. It definitely is. I mean, there's nothing better than sharing something you enjoy with someone you love, especially with a parent. Unschooling parents are often very close to their children. I know I'm very close to my parents. So sharing something with them is very important to me. So every day I spend quite a few hours with both Sophie and Gemma Rose. I put that side of time, especially for them, if they'd like to do something with me in particular, if they need help with any of their projects they're working on, I'm available to do that. I don't do anything else, but get involved with whatever they're learning at the moment. Other times of the day, when they're happy to go off and uh, work on their own projects, go and play, go and read a book, I'm still working because I'll be on the computer looking for resources that will help the girls with whatever they want to learn about. Now, for example, Sophie this morning said to me, "Um, I really want to do something different, Mum. I feel like doing something totally different. I first of all, I said, well, how about making another podcast? Because she's only made one. And she thought about it and said, well, what do I make a podcast about, Mum? And then this idea came to me. I said, well, what about you make a radio show like they used to make in the old days? You could uh, get a script and get maybe your sisters together and you could uh, act out the the play, whichever one you choose, and add in all the sound effects. And we started talking about radio shows, about how they used in the old days before we had television, um, that all the actions had to be have some sort of sound effect so we knew what was going on, like telephones ringing or uh, things crashing on the floor. And so Sophie's eyes lit up. She thought that was a wonderful idea. So while the girls were getting ready this morning for the day, I sat down with my computer and I did some research about radio shows. And I came across uh, some old vintage scripts and we found one for the Superman show. I also found her some websites of sound effects. And I even found a page about how to produce your own radio show, things about uh, voice control best ways to actually act out the script. Then there was something else that that led on to. Oh, yes, I went on and wondered if perhaps you could use uh, the the program Audacity to change the pitch of people's voices to make uh, a female voice sound like a male voice. So I spent quite a long time this morning on the internet researching all this for the girls. And what that resulted in was a number of articles I clipped from the internet and inserted into our planning Evernote notebooks where I gather all possible resources for the girls. So um, yeah, that took me quite a long time this morning. Yeah, Sophie is very interested in making a radio show and she'll use all those resources. 
So I guess I spend a lot of time looking for resources that will further the interests of my girls. And also when the times come like this morning when Sophie wanted to try something new, I've got to have some suggestions ready that might interest her. And fortunately, that one she did, did like. Now, I spend a lot of time in my days with Sophie and Gemma Rose, who are younger girls. But um, Charlotte just turned 17 and Imogen will be turning 20 soon. And you'd think that um, I wouldn't have much involvement in their education anymore. But I actually do, don't I, Imogen? Oh, you have a lot of um, a, a lot of influence still in what I do. We're still very connected. I mean, I'm not school-aged anymore, though, of course, I'm still unschooling. But um, I still do a lot of things with mum, so... We, we always watch Shakespeare's together, or everybody loves Jane Austen, so we're, we all do that. We go, we share running, we share big interest in blogging and writing, so we share a lot with that. And even, we just talk about what the other girls are learning. She's definitely still involved in everything I'm doing. Yeah, so I take an interest in what you're doing and um, get involved with you too, don't I? Which I've, I enjoy. It's not a, a trial or anything. It's something I feel very priv- privileged to be able to do still. You're all growing up, but still I'm part of your life. That's what I really love about unschooling. But the next part I wanted to talk about, uh, which I do spend a lot of time doing, and I wish I didn't have to, is record keeping. And that's something that the girls don't uh, get involved with. That's something I do. So uh, Imogen probably won't have much to say about this because it's just one of those things that parents have to do. Um, We live in New South Wales, Australia, and our homeschool registration requirements are really quite strict at the moment. They changed about a year and a half ago. We always had a pretty easy system that we could work within, and it was very easy to unschool because even though we agreed that we would teach a rounded curriculum of all the, what the Board of Studies called the six key learning areas, which cover things like maths, English, science, uh, geography, history, physical education, all those types of things. We had to agree that we would provide our children with learning opportunities for all those areas. What we actually did within those subjects was open-ended. We could choose what we'd like to do. There wasn't any um, forced topics that we had to teach our children or they had to learn, depending on whether you're a homeschooler or an unschooler. But these days, things are a lot tougher, somewhere along the line, and I'm not even sure when it actually happened because I don't take much notice of these things. We're so busy with our unschooling life. Sometimes I don't know what's going on in the outside world as far as um, the homeschooling requirements goes, we're just busy doing our own thing. But I was told about a year and a half ago that we now have to ensure that our children are learning uh, what's in the school curriculum or the school syllabus. Whatever the teachers are teaching in schools is what our children are supposed to be learning, which is rather restricting for unschoolers. Because how can you unschool and follow a child's interest if you also have to make sure that they're learning a set list of topics. What if our children aren't interested in in the things that are in the syllabus? And we have to be able to, uh, well, if we want to be registered homeschoolers legally, then we have to agree that our children will learn the school syllabus. And this is causing quite a problem for a lot of people. 
I think so far we're managing quite well. The girls have a wide range of interests. They're not focused on only one thing. A lot of people say, and schoolers say, their children just are interested in, say, playing Minecraft all day. Well, that's not the case with our children. They really love um, a whole range of things. What are you going to say about that, Imogen? Well, we were always exposed to lots of different interesting things, and that's that's the key. It was interesting. Mum made everything interesting. So we never honed in really on one set thing and found everything else boring. It's all about the way you approach the subject, I think. We had an interesting approach, so we were always interested in the subject, and that really helped foster our love of learning everything. So you think it's important for parents to be excited about learning? Because I am excited about learning, aren't I? Oh, you are. And it's very important, I think, for parents to get excited about learning. I mean... If learning is made out to be something that you have to do, then it's not going to be enjoyable. But if a parent shows real enthusiasm and really gets excited about what they're doing, you can't help but catch that enthusiasm. It's contagious, isn't it? It is. So I'm continually finding new things out, and of course I don't keep them to myself, do I? I say, hey girls, come and see what I've learned, and I have to tell you all about it, don't I? And what happens then? (laughs) And then everybody else gets interested in it and wants to have a go and learn more about it. It becomes more of a family thing then. Yes, and I don't just uh, keep my interests narrow, do I? I, uh, I... Doing everything is potentially interesting, isn't it? We live in a fascinating world, and to have that outlook on life that everything is potentially interesting is um, essential, I think, when we're unschooling. I would agree with that. Yes. So, back, yeah, so our girls have quite a lot of interests, and it's not very difficult to uh, prove that they're learning from the six key learning areas that we have agreed that they have to follow. But the actual things within those six key learning areas... Well, um, most times I can find out, I can uh, match up the syllabus quite well with what the girls are doing. I think I need to know the syllabus quite well, and I have to be able to uh, change what my girls are doing and put it into the right educational language so that I can tick it off on the outcomes for the syllabus in my records, and then that will satisfy the education department because a lot of what the girls are doing, um, it might not look schooly. But it does satisfy the outcomes. For example, they won't stand up and do a, a speech like a school kids would have to do. They don't have to prepare a speech as such. But they're continually making videos and um, uh, yeah, podcasting. They're broadcasting their own opinions. And so uh, the same outcomes can be used. The other day we went, well, the other week, we went to Canberra, didn't we, Imogen? We did. And we spent a few days at the museums, and oh, wow, we came home with our heads stuffed with our new ideas and knowledge, didn't we? Oh, yes, there's lots to learn in the museums, lots of interesting things to see. I was really um, quite taken. We, this is the second time we've been down to Canberra to the museums, and I remember the first time one of the, uh, what do they call those people who uh, look after the museums, the curator maybe, yes. and he was doing something in the museum and he just happened to be following along behind um, Imogen and Gemma Rose who were uh, looking at all the exhibits. And as we were leaving after about, oh, I don't know, we'd been there all day, hadn't we? And we were going towards the exit. He stopped and uh, he said he hoped that we'd had a great time. And I said, yes, we did. And he said he'd noticed how Gemma Rose and Imogen had taken so much interest in every single exhibit. And it's 
very fascinating places, museums. But that's been a springboard for a lot of other learning activities. And I've been very careful to record all what we learned, um, translate it all into the right educational language so I can tick off some of the outcomes in our records. Which, so yeah, that was really quite good. But I wouldn't tell the girls that that's what we did it for because we didn't. We went to the museums because purely out of love of learning, not because we had to fulfill the school's syllabus. So, yes, knowing the syllabus well um, and matching up what our kids are doing to the syllabus is something that's essential if we want to unschool. And that takes an awful lot of effort and an awful lot of time. And anybody who wasn't prepared to do that um, wouldn't be able to unschool. So I don't think that that's lazy at all. Now, there, obviously, there comes times when um, the girls just aren't interested. Well, it doesn't naturally occur that in their interests there's something on the syllabus and they haven't learnt it just naturally. So what do we do then? Well, I'll, then I have to go and look for some sort of resource that might tempt them, that might make the subject interesting for them. So, for example, what's an example, Imogen? Maths, maybe. Some things in maths that the girls haven't done. And I could just say to them, well, this, you need to learn this so I can tick it off on the records as ha you having done it. We fulfilled our requirement. You've um, done that. Go away and do it, and then I can tick it off. What do you think about that idea, Imogen? I don't think that's any way to foster a love of learning. It's going to be boring. They're going to do it out of form. I know I've done it out of form. For, for what? For maths, which was something I chose to do. I chose to do the maths that way, but it wasn't interesting and it won't stay with them. It didn't stay with me very well. So it's really it's a waste of time doing that, isn't it? It is. Either the child's going to say, I don't want to do that, and then you have to make them do it, or they're going to do it and they're going to forget it all in three days' time. So I'd much prefer to spend a lot of time and effort looking for some way that makes that subject interesting to the girls. Yeah, so that does take time, looking at all the different angles on a subject uh, and seeing whether I can find something that might spark their imagination and spark mine too, because if I'm not interested, I don't think that there's much chance they will be. Well, they might be because we're all different, but they're certainly going to have... Uh, their ears are going to prick up more and their eyes light up if they can see that I'm excited about it too. Isn't that right? That's right. And that does take time. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I enjoy that as well. I enjoy getting on the internet and having a look for ways of uh, doing that. For example, I wrote this in a blog post recently. I was looking for some way to make ratios interesting for um, Sophie, and I thought... Well, ratios, you could just do a worksheet on ratios, but that's um, probably a waste of time. It's not very relevant. So it didn't take very long for me to find a video about ratios and uh, scale models, scale model villages, houses, uh, house plans. Uh, ratios are used in lots of different ways. And we had a very, very interesting discussion. We went all over the internet looking at various things to do with ratios, which turned out to be a lot more interesting than doing a worksheet. And I think the girls will have got a lot out of that. They can see where we use ratios in the world, and they're likely to remember it as well. But what happens if, despite our best efforts, our children are just not interested in something on the school curriculum, something that they're supposed to learn for their um, homeschool registration? 
I think that that's quite a right to leave it then because I believe that um, what's important is providing an opportunity for learning and we've done that. We can't force children to learn. Uh, if they choose not to learn, there's not really an awful lot we can do about it. it that learning involves a child's full cooperation. Um, I'm not going to bribe my children. I'm not going to uh, threaten them with punishments to actually learn um, because I don't believe that is real learning. If, if when children le- well learn as such by, by reward system or a punishment system, by being shamed into it, the learning isn't important to them. It isn't valuable. It's not doesn't belong to them, and they're quite likely to forget what they have learnt um, as soon as they possibly can. Like once the exam's over, once their worksheet has been completed, once the outcome has been ticked off, uh, they're quite likely to just let go of that knowledge. It doesn't mean anything to them. So yes, if my children aren't interested in something that the education department says that they should be learning, yeah, I'll let it go. Well, I have a question that somebody asked me. They said that mothers might enjoy looking for resources uh, on things that interest the mother. So, uh, for example, I've been doing a lot of podcasting. I'm interested in podcasting and anything to do with it. So I was interested this morning in finding out about radio shows. It was... uh, very interesting for me as well and I didn't mind devoting that time to it but what if I had to find some resources for something that I didn't find interesting whatsoever and I can't really think of anything because I'm a person who's interested in most things but me and Imogen were talking a bit earlier weren't we I said theoretically what if uh, I had to the girls had to learn about World War II aeroplanes <laughs> do you think that's an interesting subject I think it's a very interesting subject but I can think of a lot of interesting things associated with it and it makes me very excited about learning that for myself but I can see other people might not find that interesting and you just have to find some way of making it interesting I mean child's probably going to find that really interesting it's an aeroplane it's a war so much to learn about but if the parent doesn't find it interesting, the child's interest is going to disappear. But what if I think that if maybe there is something that the the, uh, the parent isn't interested in, right? Say, say it was uh, World War Two aircraft, and I just said, oh, I just hate that. I'm not going to go and look. Do you think I should still? Uh, because everybody's different. The girls still might be interested in it, even if I'm not, might they? Oh yes. So I think it's really irrelevant whether I'm interested or not. I've still got to go and look. That's my role, isn't it? Oh, yes. You can't really pick and choose what you're going to find for your children, especially if it's something they're interested in, because I think as a parent, it's your role to find the resources, help your child learn about, especially things that they are so interested in. It doesn't matter whether you don't like it. You've got to find a way of making it interesting because... If you can find a way that makes it interesting for you, it's definitely going to be interesting for the child. But even so, even if you, uh, even after that, you can't find an angle that's interesting for yourself. I still think that um, we have to do things which are difficult. We have to do things we're not interested in because it's important for our children, isn't it? Oh yes, it's sort of inherent in unschooling. If you're going to, if you're going to unschool, you've got to take on the hard bits as well as the easy bits. Yeah, it's not as we're trying to prove. It's not a lazy way of life, is it? Oh no. So, um, yeah, I'm finding it very hard to uh, talk about things that don't interest me because as we're talking about World War II aeroplanes, I mean, I really am quite 
the thought of that does interest me and I don't think there'd be much that I would find boring. I think that I could probably be interested in a whole lot of things that, that maybe other people aren't interested in. I think that's to do with attitude to learning. Do you think so? I think so. I mean, if, if you're excited about learning, if you've got this attitude that everything, all parts of learning is interesting, then you're not automatically going to go World War II aircraft boring. You're going to think, well, there could be something really interesting to learn here, but you're going to have the right attitude first. Yeah, I don't think you can close, um, we can't close our minds off to something, hear a word and just shut down. People do it all the time, like for maths especially, don't they? Oh, yes. They hear the word maths and their mind just closes down instantly and they say, boring, I'm not mathematically minded, Um, it's hard, it's not interesting. And we can so easily give that attitude to our children, pass it on, can't we? Oh, yes. The way, the, the way the parent thinks about something really easily gets picked up by the child and then they'll have the same attitude. If you don't love learning, then the child's probably not going to learn to love learning either. So I think that if I wasn't interested in, in something and I had to keep looking for resources, I wouldn't tell the girls I wasn't interested in it. I would keep that to myself and try and find something, yeah, to, some way of connecting with the subject as well. And that's usually what happens. Yeah, so I whatever. Whatever I feel about it, I think that unschooling to me is so important. Uh, I really do believe in it, and I want uh, my children to unschool. So I'll do whatever it takes. If that means uh, doing things I don't want to do, I'll do it, because they're they're the most important um, people in my life. But yeah, and the, the other question was tiredness. You know, sometimes it, 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 we're I think proving that unschooling isn't a lazy way of life for a mother, is it? Yes, it's, it's not at all. No, it's not. It's uh, it's life. It's your twenty four hour job here. Well, I go to sleep these days sometimes, <laughs> but uh, it's being involved in every aspect of my ch- children's lives. And yes, there are days when I'm tired. And how can I keep up with all the um, record keeping, looking for resources? Don't sometimes I just want to say no? I've had enough. I just want to do something for myself. Well, I guess at our stage, it's quite easy to to say that. I don't think I need to say that, though. I think that the girls um, quite often look at me and say, well, say quite often, um, when I'm tired, if I'm quite often tired, they'll say to me, you look tired, Mum. Why don't you go and have a rest? We'll do this and that and the other. They'll get on with things, and they don't expect me to get involved in whatever they're doing. They don't even expect me to do the housework or the cooking they're very considerate that way. Do you agree? Well, we don't like to see you tired. We know that you've done a lot of work for us as we were all growing up. And once you get to older age, like me, you want to give something back. Yeah, I think even Gemma Rosa is very in tune with the way I am. And I think that comes from uh, a mother giving to their to her children uh, unselfishly, even when it's difficult. And the kids pick up on that message and want to reciprocate. It's another thing that a parent teaches their child. That's right. So it's, we do have difficult times, and I think especially when children are little, uh, it is hard to keep going sometimes. But uh, that lesson of self-sacrifice and love certainly is a big one for children, and they will learn it by our example. And there does come a day when they'll be doing the looking, looking after of us rather than the other way around. But yes, 
mothers still get tired however old children get and I don't think there's anything wrong with having a quiet day when a mother doesn't do an awful lot of um, getting involved with their the children's learning or activities to you I don't think so I mean if you've got children who who love learning then they're going to go off and do something anyway they're always going to learn no matter what they're doing so giving them an easy day taking a day to rest and let them follow their own pursuits can actually be very good for them yes so yeah I think you're right that uh it doesn't really matter what a mother does if a child is uh has a love of learning they'll go and learn something but what we're talking about here is uh the things that the girls like to do with me they won't get done on a really tired day they'll have to uh go and do some other activity and that's all right isn't it oh yes and yeah the resources looking for resources I do that an awful lot but I don't have to do that every day either. We've got such a big stack of ideas and uh, websites, books, games in reserve that if the girls uh, are stuck for an idea, we have plenty for them to dip into, don't we? Oh yes, I've always got a lot of interesting things on hand, no matter what the day is. So Imogen, do you think that we've convinced everybody that an unschooling mother is not lazy? Well, I, I certainly hope so, because they're certainly not. <laughs> no, unschooling mothers are very, very busy people. Um, it's a commitment, unschooling, contrary to what some people believe. It, it does take an awful lot of time and effort. Um, I also like to say, though, that all that time and effort is well worth it. I really do enjoy spending all this time with my children, being involved in their lives, not only when they're little, but as they've been getting older. I have a, a great involvement with my adult children's lives, and I don't know whether that would have been the same if I hadn't had so much uh, involvement with them as when they were younger. So yes, I know my children very well from spending lots of time with them and helping them. Now we haven't talked anything about children, Imogen. Um, I think that we have uh, proved that unschooling mothers aren't lazy, but they might have lazy children. <laughs> we haven't talked about that. How about we get back together next week and we talk about children. Are unschooled children lazy? The mothers might be running around all over the place. I don't know that we have touched on it here and there in this podcast, um, but I think we ought to talk about that properly by itself. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. So, yes, are unschooling children um, lazy? If, if they have given the freedom to do whatever they want... Will they choose to do not much at all? And we'll talk about that next time, shall we? Yes, let's do that. Well, I'd just like to thank you for joining me, Imogen. And uh, if anybody would like to go over to my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, you'll find the program notes. I'll link up any blog posts that I can uh, find on this topic. Also, you might like to go over to Facebook. I've got a new Facebook page for my blog um, it's also called Stories of an Unschooling Family. I hope you'll go over and like it. It's, uh, as I said, it's a new page. And I'm also on iTunes if you'd like to subscribe. I'd just like to thank you for listening today. I thank you again, Imogen, for joining me. And we'll be back here um, next week to talk about unschooling and uh, lazy children. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>